This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I spoke with Rhiannon, who was a gestational surrogate for her brother and his partner, not once, but twice, and is now a lovely auntie to two children. Rhiannon and her brother and his partner worked really hard to have a positive journey, and as you'll see through this episode, their hard work really paid off. I think you'll really enjoy hearing from Rhiannon and all of her insights and about her journey. My name is Rhiannon. Um, I'm a single mum of three kids. I work full time. They're primary age kids, so quite time intensive. And I've been a surrogate twice for my brother and brother-in-law. Um, it's an interstate arrangement. I'm in Victoria and they're in New South Wales. Wow. Okay. So you've done it twice. Yes. Maybe we'll pair it all the way back to when did you first think about being a surrogate for your brother? So my brother had lived overseas and he came home um, and he'd been in a, a long-term relationship, was looking to be in another long-term relationship but was always maternal and I'd actually just had my first child so he spent time with my daughter and it made me a little bit sad because we'd grown up um, looking after other people's kids. Um, our mum comes from a childcare background and we'd both taken over a lot of that. Um, so there was part of me that always thought that he'd have a, n a niggling seed of wanting to be a parent and it just sort of got the cogs ticking as to how that would possibly happen for Clinton, what his avenues were and I thought I need to, to reach out to him and say if he did get to a point where parenthood was something that he wanted to look into that no matter what um, he needed me to, to help with that I was there. Um, so I had a conversation with him at that point. He was still single and said, you know, when the time comes, um, tap me on the shoulder and, and we'll see what we can do about it. That's lovely. Yeah. I, I love the relationships between sisters and, well, sisters or brothers and cousins and the family ones are so lovely. What was his reaction when you first said that to him? Was he a bit shocked? He was definitely blown away because I don't think it was anything that he'd entertained. Surrogacy was... You know, it wasn't anywhere near as publicised as what it is now. So it wasn't something that was sort of heard of. Mm. It was obvious that he'd sort of thought about that. At, but at the time it was obviously, is it going to shin? Is it fostering? They were sort of the avenues that were immediately available. Mm -hmm. um, so I think having another option presented to him was both shocking, but also just opened up a completely different, you know, pathway that he could explore. Mm. Yeah. So when did he then tap you on the shoulder? Was it later when he'd partnered? He'd partnered, he'd married, um, we'd revisited it again because at that point I thought, well, this is something that's going to be a viable option for him, they're settled. So I discussed it further and said, don't forget that offer I made to you those years ago, that's still on the table. Um, so he knew that I was very much realistic in that option, it wasn't an off-the-cuff comment. Um, and then once they were married, he sent me a message and said, let's get together and talk babies. So oh, that's yeah, lovely. it was time to get excited then. So it's, it's almost like he... He came after you in the end. And yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's quite sweet. I was waiting for him, though. I yeah. knew it was coming, so oh, I was just waiting. Fun. Yeah. Um, so Clinton and Callum are yes. obviously same-sex male couple. Yes. So uh, did you ever talk about you providing an egg, or were you always just going to be a surrogate? The first offer that I made was for either, um, and looking back now, it was a really premature offer that I hadn't done my due diligence to research properly. Um, so now that I've gone through the journey, I'm not sure that I am cut out to be an egg donor. So it did work out exactly the way that it was meant to, mm -hmm. um, in that I was just purely a gestational surrogate. Okay, and yep. so then they've had an egg donor. Yes. Um, how did they meet her? They went through Egg Donation Australia. Um, yep. So they started to develop a few relationships. Um, 
but they some of them faltered. They had clear direction as to what they were looking for um, in egg donation. They wanted an open relationship. They wanted opportunity for their children um, to be able to connect with their egg donor down the track if they chose. Um, so they needed to make sure that the person fit, you know, their lifestyle and their morals and um, was just a good um, relationship that they could develop on. So it took them a little while to find the right person, mm. and then fortunately she came along. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So their egg donor is Carla. Yes. So everyone knows everyone in the surrogacy community, so yes. I know that. Yeah. Um, and so then they've obviously created embryos and then knocked you up yes. with one of their embryos. What was the first pregnancy like? Uh, pretty stock standard, pretty much the same as my own, and that was my biggest concern was how different it was going to be. Um, the, the biggest difference, I think, was being a single mum was quite different to the first time around, so not having that support at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but physiologically, it was pretty much a, a dream the same as my own were. And Clinton and Callum are in New South Wales. Yes. Did they spend much of the time over here for appointments and then towards the end of the pregnancy? Yep, so they flew in for all of our scans. We had them um, local. They flew in for the day. It was all very whirlwind. We'd go out for lunch and then they'd fly home again for the day. <laughs> and then towards the end of the pregnancy, because um, I was single I obviously needed a huge amount of support in the last month Mm -hmm. Um, so Clinton actually moved in a month before I was due and just took over the day-to-day runnings of the house from school drop-offs to cooking tea washing the whole kit and caboodle he just ran with so he, I would say you're a bit of a dream surrogate, but he sounds like a bit of a dream. The dream. Intended parent. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, yep. he's uncle to your kids anyway, so they would he already is, yep. be familiar with him. How old were your kids during that first pregnancy? Uh, the youngest one was four. She was at kinder when we started, so they would have been four, five, and seven. Lovely. Yeah. So then uh, first baby, uh, what's her name? Zara. And how was the birth? Not great. <laughs> it was fairly traumatic. Mm. Um, it started off fine, but it was the middle of the night um, and she went into distress. Mm. So the call was made to do an emergency C-section, um, which I'd never had done before. But at that point, I was resigned to the fact. Um, but because it was a small country hospital, no anaesthetist on standby. So by the time we got around to theatre, it was quite critical. Um, so it was a very intense and fast Bontus delivery. Wow. Yeah, so the boys ended up being left out in the hallway, so they missed it. Not quite what you were planning Not at all. in terms no. of them watching their daughter being born. High, high stress for both um, Zara, but also myself. It was quite critical on both fronts, mm. but it all worked out fine in the end. But Did you yeah. need to process that afterwards? Did that feel like you needed to um, the, any support? I was completely fine with the fact that um, the emergency situation arose. That's always a possibility. The C-section, I was completely fine with at the time. The thing that I struggled with was that I wasn't actually there for those um, early stages of the boys that was what I really needed was to watch them um, meet their daughter Mm. I was stuck in theatre for about an hour and a half afterwards and they went back to the ward with Zara um, and I was extremely groggy so um, I kind of grieved missing that first opportunity to see them become a family Mm. Um, yeah that that felt a bit like I'd been robbed um and I'll probably cover this in future episodes, but yep. did you have a photographer that could capture that for you? No. 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 Would you recommend a photographer for that reason? Um, quite possibly, yeah. I think the boys had um, a, a bit of an idea that they were going to do a lot of that themselves without really knowing what's involved with a labour and how frantic it can be. Mm. Um, and obviously things change with a split second and, and yeah, probably 
being able to look back and reflect. Even for me, you don't sort of realise what's happening when you're in the zone at the time. So it's really nice to go back and look at those photos and it kind of clears your mind and brings a lot of it back. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So then Zara was born. Yes. How long after Zara was born did you all decide to do it again? Uh, Three months after she was born, I offered. um, So we sort of knew that there was going to be a sibling journey on the horizon. Mm. um, And the boys pretty much just left it up to me. When and if you think you might like to go again, we'll just leave it up to you. And I got to about three months. Physically, I was fine. And I just said to them, when you're ready, I'm good to go. (laughs) That's great. Um, Do you think that... Uh, making the decision to go again was automatic or did you have to sit down and really think can I do this again definitely automatic I was really just waiting for my body to be right again mm. yeah and so how long after Zara was born did you go through the process again to become pregnant we started fairly quickly um, because we we only had one good embryo left so there was a possibility that we needed to do further egg collections um, and Carla had some other egg donations lined up in her own surrogacy journey so we decided to get in sooner rather than later so after Sarah was nine months we did our first transfer which was unsuccessful okay yeah and so then they would have had to make more embryos they did and yeah yep. did another recollection so it sort of went on the back burner for a bit until they could get that happening with Carla yep okay yep. so then another pregnancy yes. another baby girl yes and that's Aiden Aiden yes and when was she born she was born in November 2016 okay so how was that birth perfect oh beautiful the textbook birth probably the one I've been waiting for out of all of them it was just magic yeah yeah oh that's great so now they're parents of two children yes what would you say is the best bit about being a surrogate for your brother oh just watching them I go and visit and just watching them actually be parents and watching them interact with the girls um and just the shift in their lifestyles it's something different watching um, other people in your family being able to be to be parents it's just next level life really that's exciting. yeah uh, so would you have any tips for surrogates going through the process well perhaps if we focus on family members would yeah. you have any tips for surrogates going through it for a family member um, there's pros and cons to family members I think because you already have that established relationship it's, it's easier to discuss some of those issues that maybe there's a bit of trepidation with somebody that you don't have such a close relationship the difficulties that I found with an existing relationship is you already have the the love for that person some things that are easier to bring up with um, a new relationship when it's a bit more of a business transaction it becomes very hard when it's a loved one you know you don't want to ask about those extra costs because you don't want to burden the loved one you don't want to have to um, ask about that extra assistance that you need just because you want to protect their own life so there can be some blurred lines in that regard you tend to take a bit more on yourself yeah, just because there's a bit of a crossover between strictly IP surrogate relationship and, and sort of brother-sister relationship. Um, was there any negative about your journey? I feel like everything was positive. Mm. Was there anything you didn't like? I didn't like having those difficult conversations mm. and they, they did have to happen. Mm. Um, and Clinton was very encouraging of having it um, and there were quite a few that popped up along the way and we just we'd sort of made an agreement that we'll just sit on the couch pour a glass of wine, make the phone call, just nut it all out on the table. And it always felt better once they'd sort of happened. Mm. Um, and, and just the distance, you know, it's hard not to be 100% positive 
positive all the time when you're tired and you're running a house and um, they're sort of states away and you think this is really crap and I'm copying all of the workload and um, but it is what it is and it was only a short-term thing and I sort of knew that so just mm. res resigned to grit my teeth and get through it and I knew that they would have been there if they could have mm. yeah uh, so Aiden is now about uh, 15 months yes so you've done it twice yes would you do it again definitely Okay, definitely. does that mean there are plans to do a third journey? There's definitely an open dialogue to do a third, yes. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Okay, so uh, have they still got embryos or have they had to create new ones? They have, um, yeah, they have a couple left, um, so we're hoping that they will be successful. Oh, that's really exciting. That was episode five of the Australian Surrogacy podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook or at sarahjefford.com